tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, Anastasia, Jail Family, and Killer Boyfriend. Hi, I'm your co-host, Crystal. And I am your other co-host, Robert. And this is Reenacted, an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. I, I momentarily hesitated. I almost said Robbie, and I realized mm-hmm. that was a flub. Well, you could have been Robbie. You, you're Robbie to me, and probably oh, a lot of our listeners. That's, that's nice to hear. We could introduce you as Mr. Burr, <laughs> if you want to do that. <laughs> it would be, be the first time anyone's addressed me as that without you know adding on some polite request that I leave the premises. (laughs) 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 So, Crystal. Yeah, Robbie. (laughs) Before before we started recording, you... We did. We had a conversation, as we often do before we hit record. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much every episode. And... Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty rare that we'll just jump into the record because this is always this is the time where we catch up on our our friendship yeah too yeah you know this is crystal and robbie time and then and then we record some of it and and the world gets to listen to it right right (laughs) and by the world i mean you know a handful of people here and there (laughs) yes (laughs) some of whom uh choose to give us feedback about how how maybe we put in too much crystal and robbie time but yeah that's neither here nor there well yeah then then maybe this podcast isn't for those people and that's okay um i'm gonna issue a correction oh boy from our last episode so i I don't know if you recall but we had a segment that we did uh about a ufo situation in australia in the 70s do you remember that yes i do okay we very strongly implied, in fact, we named the episode after it, that one of the actors, the reenactors in that segment, bore a striking resemblance to Sam Neill, who is an actor from Jurassic Park and yeah. a number of other things. I'm sure people know who he is. Uh, and we very strongly implied with that that Sam Neill is Australian. Oh, boy. Uh, he is, in fact, from New Zealand. <laughs> Oh God. Um, now I listen, no one wrote to us and said, Hey, hey, I mate. Um <laughs> no one wrote to us and said Sam Neal's actually a Kiwi. He's not from Australia. Uh in fact, our our buddy Purple Worm, aka James from the Lound Down Under, uh supported uh, my mischaracterization, our mischaracterization of Sam Neill as Australian, saying that once any uh, New Zealander reaches a certain level of fame uh, and greatness, they by default become Australian. Mm. Um, so, a shots fired, New Zealand. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> you know, I and I. <laughs> yes. It actually, when I think about this, this this kind of becomes like the. It seems um, it seems reasonable to me that to to make this sort of mistake because it, it's kind of like um, 
For all, yeah, uh, maybe our listeners down under might not be aware of this, but a startlingly mm-hmm. large number of Hollywood actors are actually Canadian. Um, and mm-hmm. it's not always entirely clear which ones are or not. I always, uh, I always get, you know, when I'm opening up the Wikipedia for an actor and I'm like, oh, he's from Canada. I didn't, didn't realize. Um, so, it seems to me uh, that there's probably kind of a similar dynamic with New Zealand, Australia going on there. You know, there's a, there's a startling number of Australian actors, though, that are convincingly passing as American. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah. You- and then, they, then you hear them on a, on a talk show or a, you know, chat show, as the Australians in English might say. And, and they talk in their normal voice and it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Rick from The Walking Dead. Uh, that, well, he's English. Well, yeah, but I was gonna say that. Yeah, um, he was an he's an example of someone who like, um, I mean, you know, not obviously this specific yeah. trope of Australian, but just yeah, you, I I watched that yeah I watched that show for. I don't know, six or seven years before I lost interest, but yeah, uh, I mm-hmm. as we all did. I think I made it about five seasons before I bounced out of that. But. Oh yeah, you man, you 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 were you're ahead of the curve there, uh, for sure. Yeah, um, but well, that entire show is just laying pipe for nothing to happen. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I the thing is, is like. In, in all these later seasons that I'm not watching, you know, just occasionally watching YouTube clips of, like, it seems like the, the decline of the show started when stuff started to happen. <laughs> I think, mm-hmm. I mean, I recall we once had a conversation where we were talking about how AMC or, you know, any any sort of channel that puts on all this the, this original programming that people get, you know, absolutely love and 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 they don't miss an episode of and then the mate the, those dinosaur networks of nbc cbs and abc will try to mm-hmm. copy the success and you pointed mm-hmm. out that like but they they miss what made the made those shows hits they only they only copy the most superficial stuff so you know mad mm-hmm. men like you know you describe that as like it's a show about the uh, what the deconstruction of Don Draper or, or whatever. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, obviously the big dinosaur networks, you know, they couldn't fit. They're like, you know, they, they didn't even, when, when they made their attempts at these 50s, 60s period type shows, was it like there's Pam Am and uh, whatnot. Yeah. They were just copying. There, the was most a, there was a number that they tried to do back in the yeah. late, they were, late mid 2000s yeah and they, they were copying the most superficial thing which is just the yeah time they're period. copying the aesthetics of the 1960s without yeah. the uh you know erosion and decay and you know masochism of of the era everybody else's tobacco is poisonous lucky strikes is toasted and then with Walking Dead, like the, the reason that show was so engaging in its early seasons was that it was just like a series of character studies with zombies just, you know, sprinkled mm-hmm. uh, in the old guard networks. They, they were like, oh, post-apocalyptic. That's the ticket. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So 
Um, so in conclusion, Sam Neill, <laughs> apparently from New Zealand. Hell is only a word. The reality is much, much worse. Yeah, and he still he still lives there. He's like a he has a ranch and he has sheep and a dog and oh that's that sounds charming cute. charming on social media and still oh. still a New Zealander. He's not even trying to pass as anything else. Yeah, I, I think, you know? yeah, it's, I guess it's just, you know, it's just because he's, um, such a big name actor. And uh, I mean, I've seen him in Australian films and he just, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, you know, it took me, I don't know how old I was before I discovered Wayne Shatner was Canadian. <laughs> uh, did you feel so betrayed when you did? <laughs> Well, well, you know, if it had been any other Trek cast member, I probably would have. But I mean, considering his, his notorious reputation, if anything, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. well, that's a relief. <laughs> we, we we can't be held liable for this this particular jerk. Um, I mean, I have a lot to say on Star Trek separately, as always. But that's not what this podcast is about. Oh, this yeah. podcast uns- is about... Unsolved Mysteries. Yes. The television program from the uh, early 90s, hosted by Robert Stack. Mm-hmm. Rob- Robbie, here's the thing. I ke- we're in season six now, episode three. That's the one we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And I haven't looked ahead, but at some point, Virginia Madsen shows up as like a she co-host. Does. And then Keely Shea Smith Yeah. also, right? When do they come? Mm. How many seasons in do we before we get them? I mean, um, I know she definitely, I mean, she, she still, she comes in, it's still the stack era. So we will be seeing her. How many seasons did this show run again? I I feel, I I feel embarrassed having to have, having to pose that question. Our whole podcast is centered around this show and I'm kind of vague on. Yeah. Well, I mean, that assumes that, you know, we care enough to Uh, look ahead and figure this out for ourselves. I just wanted season six. We'd have we'd have one of the female, uh, like assistant co-hosts. What are the babes would be in at this point? And they're not yet. <laughs> okay, here's a confession. During my awkward teenage years, mm-hmm. I was very much infatuated with Virginia Madison. 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 Ma- it's Madison. I, I know. It's not Madison. I, I, I... <laughs> There's no I in her name. <laughs> I guess you weren't that infatuated. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I got about a thousand viewings of the 1984 <laughs> David Lynch version of Dune that would say otherwise, but... Uh... A beginning is a very delicate time. Is is she in that movie? She is. Oh my, I gotta watch this movie. I mean, Kyle McLaughlin is in it. There's some other people that I'm like, oh shit, they were in Dune. I gotta, I gotta see the original Dune. Yeah, it, well, it's, there are, there, you will, like, watching it, you will, like, I guarantee you will be shocked by the number of, wait, that person's in this? Like, there are a lot yeah. of, a lot of people that participated in that, that, that capsized <laughs> ship. <laughs> It's not their fault. Um, yeah. Hey, speaking of a capsized ship, do you want to talk about the Romanovs <laughs> from Russia? Yes. One interesting note, if you watch this program on YouTube, as I did, 
I, and I did as well. Okay. Yes. Did, mm-hmm. you, did you note? Know, because we we both noticed that this uh, warning to uh, listeners of the pod. The Anastasia segment constitutes about like sixty percent of the episode, mm-hmm. and in sure the, does. Yeah, in the YouTube description, they the it, it reads this episode includes Anastasia parentheses parts one, two, and three. Oh wow, three parter. Yeah, so I don't know what they're thinking of. Like, do they, is are they just is that just denoting the different like in between the the commercial breaks? I think so. Yeah, because yeah, we've had a lot of uh, segments before that were like parts one and two. Okay. And I think it was just where the commercial break would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Originally, so this is yeah. So the, this whole Anastasia thing. So let's. I mean, uh, Robbie, do you want to you want to take us back? To the uh, Bolshevik Revolution and what is this, 1915? Uh, 1917. Oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah, this right. the, the beginning of this segment is is has a ton of. I mean, obviously, they, they, we've reached a point where moving pictures are, are a thing now, and we've got lots of mm-hmm. footage of Anastasia. Uh, Anastasia uh, like, apparently, Yoshi's. Know, Bit of a tomboy and a jokester. You, we have actual footage of her rolling around on in roller skates on top of the uh, yeah. uh, on the deck of the family uh, imperial yacht. Um, uh, they kind of mention you know she she was like the fourth girl and she must have felt like oh it was such a disappointment because they wanted a boy and then they ended up. Romanovs ended up getting a a, a boy, a, a young young prince who uh, suffered from hemophilia. So he he yeah had a, had a lot of health issues, and they don't mention it in the segment, but that's how Rasputin got uh, involved in uh, the, the whole. Uh, yeah, picture. Rasputin was like notably. Uh, he probably deserves his own unsolved mystery segment, to be honest. But right, um, he was notably absent. From yeah. this, yeah, I, I was, I was kind of surprised. I was like, eh, she should be playing a role too, right? Um, but can I, can I like go on a t- quick tangent about Rasputin? Real quick, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, who was not in the segment whatsoever, but really was such a key figure in the last years of the, you know, the Romanov dynasty that it's weird that they omitted him. But anyway, I watched this movie recently and it was called the Kingsman. So it was like the third installment of the Kingsman series. I know of this film of which you speak. Have you seen it? Yes. Okay. (laughs) It's, it's crazy, right? This movie's nuts. Like (laughs) there are, it, it is it tonally it gets kind of dark in the middle of it, mm-hmm. but the beginning it, it like starts with such a bang with Rasputin, um, he, and he has a uh, it, it, this is not a serious movie. I just want to be really clear about that. It's this fun, silly action movie. Yeah, and uh, my my main man's uh, Ray Fines is the lead in it, uh-huh. and uh, they have Rasputin doing a fighting scene. 
yes. where he's like Russian dancing, but it's fighting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, they do indeed have that scene. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just bringing it up because this movie's insane. Please, everyone, watch watch like the first 45 minutes of it. Then you can turn it off. It's not very good after that. Just like the 40, first 45, the Rasputin parts. Um, not, not so. You got to see it. It's yeah, it's very interesting. It's kind of um, I haven't seen the the two earlier Kingsman movies. Is it because Ray Fiennes wasn't in them? Because oh, that would be understandable. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll say that's the, the reason. Um, yeah. So I don't know if they're as insane as this one. Um, the only way mm-hmm. I could describe it is it's kind of like um, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like in terms really over the top stuff. Over the top. And a sort yeah. of like yeah. uh, Victorian, well, late era Victorian environment. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So we get a bunch of footage of the, the Romanovs um, and references to like some unfortunate circumstances going on in Russia. Yeah. Because while, mm-hmm. while the Romanov family had that yacht that Anastasia is hilariously yeah. roller skating all over. Um, unfortunately the, the, the mass Russian masses of peasants were, um, suffering from grinding poverty and we get, uh, yeah. we get some, mm. yeah, like we get some mention of, uh, you know, the Tsar threw his country into world war one and they, they, they unsolved mysteries informs us that like the Russian army wasn't even remotely ready, uh, to participate in this war with, uh, its soldiers not even uh, really having access to to proper equipment. You know, history repeats itself sometimes, you know? I guess. Yeah. I mean, when you're being thrown into a, a rich man's war that you have no vested interest in winning, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, precisely. And so things go about as well as you would expect. And then eventually the, the czar's family is toppled by a, uh, rev- the February Revolution, which itself is then toppled by the October Bolshevik Revolution, uh, though mm-hmm. as our um, former uh, former professor of ours at UNR, uh, Doctor Doctor Ostergaard would say spe- say mm-hmm. that perhaps the circumstances of that October re- Revolution uh, were more. Uh, more along the lines of a military coup than an actual revolution. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, so I was just throwing that in there for all the people who hate it. When Crystal and I talk about our you and our days. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway. So, yeah. So we, uh, we get this, this info that the, about the Romanovs being toppled. Yeah. I mean, we get a full hi- history lesson. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. thorough. If you want to, you know, just you know, you have an idea of what's happening. And at the beginning of this episode, Stack said that, you know, unsolved mysteries was going to Russia. You know, this was in the, yeah. In the, he app. did say that you did. And, and the thing is, is I don't know if Stack himself, uh, was was flown out there? Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. They, they didn't really show him uh, in any locations that would scream Russia. So I'm assuming he's still back in L.A. But they yeah. have uh, they have a reenactment of the Romanovs being let off. Uh, you know, for, uh, to 
you know, they're, they're being taken away uh, after having been mm-hmm. deposed from, pa- from power. And I'm fairly certain that the carriages that they're being loaded into, um, mm-hmm. you know, the scene is taking, like, taking place, it's being filmed in front of the, or uh, outside of, rather outside of the, of the rent of the of the Winter Palace in Saint Petersburg. I don't know. I feel like you would know better than I would, but I'll throw this out here. Okay. Okay. Um. This would have this reenactment would have been filmed in 1993, maybe early 1994. Yeah. Are we certain that Russia at that time? would have had the infrastructure for a film crew from the United States to come and do something like that. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't know the answer. Yeah. I mean, I, they might've been like, hell yes, please come film here. We're all about that now. I don't, I don't really know. I just know that it's, you know, we're talking a couple of years after the whole right. Soviet Union. I mean, I, I think logistic, fell, so. logistically, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not an expert in, in this whole filmmaking business. That's an LA thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably more likely if they did anything, if they even went to Europe to film this, that they probably did it in somewhere like Austria or Germany. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's, there's plenty, there's plenty of other palaces. Um, right. I mean, Europe has no shortage. I mean, they could have done it at fucking Disneyland. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, it, let me tell you, Crystal. If Disneyland had a replica of the Winter Palace in Saint Petersburg. I would maybe actually go to Disneyland. Maybe it's at Epcot Center. I don't know. I haven't been there. Yeah, yeah. A I, long time. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I guess uh, uh, <laughs> Disneyland is as much a mystery to me as Russia is. Um, but I don't know. It kind of it kind of looks like the the Winter Palace to me with the, that that sky mm-hmm. blue and I don't know. I maybe logistically logistically they may, may not have been able to support a. a, a unsolved mysteries f- film crew wise but i, I think mm-hmm. in terms of the environment um uh they were you know the, the, this in those for, uh, first few years after the collapse of the soviet union there's a lot more openness in, the, in russia and uh, I, I imagine yeah, that for like, sure i mean they might have been like you know come on come film here that'd be great yeah. we'll make it cheap for you i i really don't know well yeah i, I imagine and you know. i imagine that like uh uh at the time the uh, the dollar uh, would have been uh, they would have gotten a lot of value for uh, <laughs> changing those dollars yeah. to rubles. Hey, should we maybe talk about this? But uh, Anna Anderson, though, right, right, because we uh, <laughs> now she gets wrapped up in this whole thing. Yeah, um, unsolved mysteries. Very early, early on in the segment, they show a woman jumping into a river in Germany. A German police officer, uh, someone playing a German police officer is saying the nine, 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 as he's running towards her to stop her. Um, and then, you know, the, the, we sort of, it's alluded to that this may have been An- Anastasia. And what we get is uh, after all the the big history lesson and the, the depiction of the Romanovs being taken off, we then jump back to Germany and this this Anna Anna Anderson is uh, she's she's been uh, she's she's in some sort of institution. Um, 
Mm-hmm. I'm kind of, I was kind of unclear. Well, she did try to commit, you know. Oh, yeah, I guess I guess it would be. So, that, be you know, maybe that's why she's in an institution. It's really, really kind of weird. The the reenactment where she's first entering the, the institution and this nurse or something is like showing her her around. And she the nurse says something like, and this will be your bed. A bed, like, 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 she said it in such a way as, like, as if Anna Anderson had never seen a bed before. <laughs> Something was w- right. Weird. She was like, bed, bed, bed. yeah. You lay down, <laughs> go to sleep. sleep. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. Uh-huh. Yeah, I. Uh, she, I mean, she tried to commit suicide. She wasn't stupid. Uh, whatever. And so we have a lot of interviews with a a historian named James Blair Lovell, who... Mm. uh, Mm. (laughs) Boy, did he put his uh, money on the wrong pony here. Yeah, oh boy. Uh, He is very much in the camp uh, of people who believe that this Anna Anderson is in fact Anastasia. Who survived somehow survived and was smuggled out of the assassination of the rest of her family. Right. Right. Um, and, and the running theory there that he espouses, which I've heard, I've actually heard a lot, um, is that be when the Romanovs had to evacuate the palace, they were actually in, in the February, uh, whatever, where they put in this kind of like pseudo democratic puppet government. Um, they were staying, they were, they had to leave. They were like, they were like imprisoned in the palace for a while. And then they moved to like a friendly politician's house. And, um, but they had to, in the middle of the night when the Bolsheviks came for them, presumably knowing that they would have to flee at some point is that the women had sewn all of their precious jewels and jewelry into their corsets. And so the idea is that when they were taken down to the basement and mowed down in a very unceremonious fashion is that Anastasia survived along with possibly her sister um, because the, you know, the bullets knock them down like a bullet, like a, you know, Kevlar. Like, so if you get shot uh, and you have a bulletproof vest, it's going to knock you over. You're going to feel it. But it doesn't penetrate the skin. So, um, but it would it would injure you pretty severely. So the idea is that because they had sewn all these jewels and whatnot into their their bodices, that they had possibly had, you know, been um, unconscious, but then you know woke up later and ran into the woods or whatever. That's the theory. It's uh, it's another example of bulletproof corsets, which I, I think has been a trope in other media and stories before. Right. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, interesting conjecture. Uh, we're even treated to a sexy little scene where, like, they're, the women are getting laced up before they're, they're marched off to their execution. Um, right. Uh, and then, yeah, so that's one. Uh, yeah, that's a theory that's put out there. So we have we're treated to. A number of reenactment scenes where people come to check on Anna and they're like, oh, it's her because her eyes are blue. (laughs) Right. Well, she had this woman, Anna, did have some weird scars on her body. Right. And then it was kind of at that point where she was like, 
I'm Anastasia Romanov, right? <laughs> right. Well, yeah, because um, I mean, it didn't help. It didn't certainly didn't help matters that there was some other person at that institution who was telling her that. Like, you're right. Right. You're right. I, uh, like, I loved that <laughs> when the um, Mr. Lovell uh, he makes mention that the, this this gal this gal who's like insisted upon that was obsessed with uh, royalty magazines. I was like, oh my God, those were mm. things even, even back then. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. It's... Uh, uh, That's funny. Right. Well, and then there's the whole thing with, like, they're... they're uh, you know, their smoking gun is the ear analysis. Wait, I, I don't remember the ear analysis. What was this? The ear analysis was like, basically, this was like, this is it. This has got to be, and I understand it has to be Anastasia, is that they took, this is actually something they took to court when they were trying to prove Anastasia's case because, you know, of course there's money involved, guys. Right. Come on now. The Romanovs were not broke. That's not why they were deposed. Mm -hmm. They had plenty of money and a lot of it sitting in foreign bank accounts. Um, And with virtually no claim because the entire family was massacred. Um, there's just this money, millions of dollars sitting around. Um, so uh, the one of the things the lawyers took to court is they had a photograph of Anastasia's ears, and then they had a photograph of Anna Anderson's ears, and they were trying uh, to prove that it was her based on her ear shape. Yeah. Which, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know that there's so many permutations. They're not like fingerprints. There aren't so many permutations of ears. Yeah. You know, like I, and, and you're basically it on a blurry photograph from what 1916. It's the DNA analysis of its day, I guess. I I fucking guess. I don't know. I mean, I just know this historian was writing hard for Anna Anderson being Anastasia. Um, yeah, so like Robbie, how long does this? So she, so she's got all these people in her ear saying you're Anastasia, and she's like, Yeah, I'm Anastasia. Mm -hmm. And then there's like an aunt that comes in, Aunt Olga, and Aunt Olga's like, Oh, yeah, you could be Anastasia. And then later on, Aunt Olga's like, No, (laughs) she's not. Yeah, and the the way Unsolved Mysteries frames (laughs) it is that they, 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 they mention how the, the her being like you could be and then you're not uh, are both bookend on different um sides of the revelation about the romanoff <laughs> fortune <laughs> so mm-hmm. in fact yeah i mean yeah and i feel like basically from here on out the motives of all the players involved can all be determined by um the money issue right People who are saying mm-hmm. that Anastasia, Anna is not uh, Anastasia, it's because um, uh, because she's a threat to their their chance of collecting some of the cash. The people who saying who are saying she is like we got the son of the physician of the Romanovs, who I guess as a kid um, used to used to make paintings and he would show them to 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 her, uh, and she would make up stories about them or whatever. And we have a little mm-hmm. reenactment of a, a scene where he's like showing her some some of the actual um, pictures, and she's like, she's she's making up the stories just 
just as the same stories that that Anastasia made at, at the time, um, which I don't know, like. I, I I can't help but think that like even if they were the same stories like when you got a picture of you know a lion wearing robes and a crown and a upright fox in a dress um, uh, with a like I think the pyramids are in the background you, you, you can only like you're only gonna like it seems to me that kind of automatically, I feel like you show this picture to to any two random people and they'll kind of construct the same story. And the thing is, is like even putting aside whether like stories she's making up are the same for the pictures, my immediate suspicion of the son of the doctor and the, they make mention to some like German aristocratic family that's like uh, housing her and stuff. I can't help mm-hmm. but feel that, like, basically mm-hmm. all the different characters we get introduced to who are trying to help her mm-hmm. is basically because, like, oh, this might be a chance for me to, ca- you know, get in on some of that Romanov money. <laughs> like, I don't mm-hmm. have an in with the, these other Romanov d- relatives, but uh, I might have an in with, you know, this Anna Anderson and if she can get some of that cash, so that's my my. I'm sorry to be so skeptical, so cynical, but that's that's entirely what I, what I see everyone's motivation being. Yeah, um, there's also some interesting stuff. I mean, I agree with you. Yeah, I don't want to step on that fact, but there's also some interesting stuff that Unsolved Mysteries throws in about Anna Anderson, where, like, she, yeah, she was like living in this house. But then she started hoarding too much and there were too many cats <laughs> or something. Right. And then she got married yeah. to this guy, this German guy, who was like a doctor or something. And then he, she moves into his house and then like Unsolved Mysteries is like, and within about a few years, the house became overgrown and overrun <laughs> with cats once again. And it was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, um, uh, it's a real Grey Garden situation. <laughs> this it it is it is. Um, I, I I thought it was kind of I was high, very much amused because when she married the American guy and moved into the house mm-hmm. that was overrun by yeah you know, cats and and whatnot. Oh, was he American? Uh, the well, yeah, she married some guy and they ended up moving to Charlottesville, Virginia. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. But then he died, and then and then she moved back to Germany, right? Is that what she, happened? You know, I uh, after he died, I kind of no, no, no. I got that backwards. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was in the late fifth into through the late fifties. She was in Germany, and then she, and then in the sixties, she moved to uh, United, United States, States. Yeah, with her mm-hmm. husband. Yeah, that's right. And I love how unsolved mysteries they they make mention. Uh, that apparently this couple were the bane of their all the, the, the their neighbors' existence. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that—that sounds fun. I want to. I want like 
We'll never get the Anastasia movie about her being a eccentric old woman who like all the neighbors hate her because she's like her and her husband are doing crazy things. I, I feel. Yeah, you know, I I I I wish we would listen. Here's the thing: we spend a lot this entire segment and most of this episode of Unsolved Mysteries and most of our episode now yeah. is spent on is she or isn't she Anastasia. Mm-hmm. The last Romanoff, right? Because the 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 reason Unsolved Mysteries is ostensibly picking this up in 1994 is that in 1991 a mass grave was found in Russia mm-hmm. that contained um, nine bodies, and they were identified to be Tsar Nicholas's wife, three of his daughters, three servants, and his doctor. Except the remains of Alexei, the youngest son, and one of the daughters was missing. So it f- this is why we're now talking about it in 1993-94 is that there there are two bodies missing from that grave that were the Romanov children. Mm-hmm. So theoretically this whole I- Anna Anderson's claim uh could be substantiated just because there was there was no body, yeah. right? Yeah. And and why would the two children be uh buried separately from the rest of the family? Mm-hmm. Um the the idea is that the, one of the Bolshevik leaders says, you know, that was in charge of the execution, that two of the bodies were burned and left in an area separate from the other remains. So, you know, and then a lot of Anna's supporters or grifters um, <laughs> believe that the Bolshevik leader made up the straight account for the fact that he lost two of the Romanovs. Yeah. Like it was a botched execution, basically. Um, so that's why we're talking about it in the 90s, mm-hmm. right? That's why it's this thing. That's why Disney made a movie too. Yeah. If anyone saw that, um, you, you, had, you, you, and you didn't see it. I probably saw it. I don't remember it oh. though. It came out a long time ago. Oh yeah, I, but uh, gosh, I that I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little shocked by that. Like I, I thought that stage. I thought that was what movie everyone saw. Or no, I'm sure I saw it. I just don't remember oh, it. Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, saw it when it came out. I just don't recall uh, it. Yeah, to, to be fair, that that's probably like that's probably a movie that that probably like if you're a young boy watching it, it makes more of an impression because that's that's when you learn that like during that film that you secretly desire to be the like the last last Romanov princess. As so, as so many boys, I'm sure <laughs> yeah, did when yeah, I saw that. Absolutely, we were convinced that they were the last <laughs> of the Romanovs princesses. What boy doesn't dream of that? Um, uh, anyway, I, I haven't met one. Yeah. Uh, so so that's why it's in the zeitgeist in the '90s. Um, but but it is too bad because I think that there is an incredibly interesting story mm-hmm. here. Um, if I can skip ahead because we were running a little long on this, but if I can skip ahead, basically what happens is a couple of, no, I'm sorry. A year after this episode of unsolved mysteries aired DNA evidence determined that Anna Anderson was not Anastasia. And, um, she was just a German woman who had a history of mental illness, you know, big surprise. (laughs) She jumped off a bridge in Germany and then hoarded cats um, so, you know, I'm not trying to make light of mentalness. I'm just saying no sh- shit, Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> she was a troubled person. Um, okay. So blah, blah, blah. Um, fast forward to 2007, uh, Maria and her brother, Alexi were finally located at a site nearby and positively identified, which means that Anastasia 
had been in that mass grave that was found in 1991. Oh, there you have it, folks. So they didn't, they weren't, yeah. So in 1991, they found nine bodies. Anastasia had been one of them. In 2007, the bodies of Maria and Alexei, the youngest son, the, the would-be czar of Russia, um, were located at a site nearby and positively identified through DNA testing. So um, it, it, there is a really interesting story here, and I think Anna Anderson is a really fascinating character. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and I think the fight, the court fight, for her to be recognized as Anastasia would be, if it hasn't been done already, I don't know, maybe there is some random movie out there. But the, her real life story and that court fight and the people who supported her and everybody that was trying to get a piece of her because they thought she just might be Anastasia is actually really, really interesting. Oh, totally. That's, that's not... Yeah, that's not the angle that Unsolved Mysteries takes. Unsolved Mysteries is like, ooh, she might have been the last <laughs> surviving princess. But, like, if we went into this as a story of, like, we know that she's not. For a fact. We know that this is yeah. a lie or a hallucination or she had people in her ear telling her things. And because maybe she was susceptible to suggestion, she kind of got carried away with that. Despite the fact that she very clearly, and as it explained in the segment, she quote unquote, refused to speak Russian with lawyers. She couldn't speak Russian. She's not Russian. She's German. So (laughs) um, anyway, I think it's, I think, listen, I, Unsolved Mysteries was doing the best with what they had at the time. Um, We know, you know, in hindsight now, looking on 20 years later and through DNA and evidence, you know, all the Romanovs were in fact assassinated by the Bolsheviks. There was not a, a, not a soul left alive after that hideous massacre so um but i don't know robbie what do you think i mean i i still i still thought this was a really i was kind of laughing like ha 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 i know this isn't real and ann anderson made it all up but i think there actually is a really interesting story oh yeah no like like, totally it's totally fascinating Uh, all like as you point out like uh, you know unsolved mysteries chose to go with the interpretation of like oh she could be the last uh uh, romanov princess but Mm -hmm. really i mean you don't even need that level of intrigue to, to, to make people interested. It's just, it's, you know, you got this young woman and you got all these forces pushing and pulling are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, with like, cause there's like high stakes money involved is, mm-hmm. uh, that, 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 I mean, you, you could, you could remove the Romanov aspect to it entirely. And this would still be a really interesting segment. I I would love the movie where it's just about Anna Anderson and how she is, you know, maybe is susceptible to these suggestions, um, you know, having been institutionalized and then being told that we think you might be the last of the Romanov children to survive. Yeah. And like, and then put yourself in that state where enough people are telling you that. Wouldn't you start to maybe believe it a little right. bit? Right. I think that would make a very if you're troubled. Yeah, you know? I think that'd make a very compelling movie. The, the only problem is, is like I think any studio that's going to try to make money off this, they're like, well, I mean, they're, you know, they're going to be like, well, who who's the audience for this? Well, naturally, preteen boys who dream of being princesses. So. Uh, right. So mm-hmm. we got we got to appeal we got to find something to appeal to them. Uh and they're not going to be interested in some court case thing. Uh yeah. yeah. I, well, Crystal, I promise if I ever if I ever have <laughs> the billions where I can self-finance a a movie, 
I will I will totally back this film that's just it's about Anna Anderson and and right. and uh, you know all the things that happened around her and to her and and, and so forth. Yeah, I th- I think there's a really wonderful A24 film in here somewhere. Yeah. You know, with a little surrealism. Mm-hmm. You know, let's do all it. All right. I'm also fairly certain that movie got made, but I'm not sure who was in it or when it came out. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum from the Romanovs. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't even thought. <laughs> we're going to do, do a hard pivot into the some of the poorest people in America. Oh, boy. So... Are you ready to talk about kids that live in jail? <laughs> Let's talk about kids who live in jail. Oh, God. Okay. So, uh, let's go to, is it Anawan, Illinois? I've never heard of that. Whatever. This is a lost love segment. Um, and it, again, it's, I want to introduce this with the idea that this is probably one of those things that Facebook could solve in about five minutes. <laughs> but... Um, so Robbie, did it strike you that this segment felt really familiar? Like perhaps they had aired it in an earlier segment, like an earlier episode of Unsolved Mysteries. I swear to God, we've already talked about it. I didn't experience this, uh, that sort of feeling. The, the segment itself Mm -hmm. did feel familiar because I, um, Mm -hmm. I guess, uh, you know, I, I, because I, I did watch this this episode of Unsolved Mysteries when it originally aired because I remembered the Romanoff segment, mm-hmm. um, right? And, but I, what I distinctly remember from this lost, lost love segment is 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 the Christmas meal uh, with the, uh, the the candy bar. Um, that mm-hmm. like that really made an impression on me as a kid. So. That's that's why the segment seems familiar to me. But you you you're having a sense of deja vu that we uh, wait, Robbie. I'm getting an insane. I've got the unsolved mysteries wiki open as I always do when we do this yeah. podcast to make sure I fact check ourselves. And I'm getting the most insane web ad next to <laughs> this story. Okay, let me describe it to you. It's just a little box. There's a picture of a white hat. It's a weirdly shaped white hat um, with a looks like seven point star on the crown of the hat. And then embroidered on the front of the hat, it says unvaccinated. Oh, (laughs) and it says unvaccinated hat. But hold on. Let me read the description. Okay. This structured hat is 100% wool and handmade in Florence, Italy. It features our unvaccinated graphic logo printed on the front long. Oh, it is a seven-pointed star with our seven-pointed star at the crown. We also included an elastic interior band for extra comfort. So it's a wool hat made in Florence, Italy that says unvaccinated with a seven-point star on the crown of it. Guess how many dollars they want for this? Uh, $79.99. It's list according to this ad I'm seeing, it's $595. Holy shit. Do you understand why I had to share this just now? Because this is an insane internet ad I'm looking at. Uh, it is. Um, it's $595 for a wool hat that says unvaccinated on it. From Florence, Italy. From Florence, <laughs> Italy. It's handmade. Okay. Let's go back to the crowns. The Crons, whatever their whatever their name. 
of whoever they were. I don't. I, I don't remember. Uh, I, I mostly just remember all the adopted names that get circulated. But yes, yes, this 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 family who are who they they do not have Romanoff money. No. Um, our, our opening sort of reenactment is of all the kids sharing one bed yeah. in order to stay warm. Yeah, because they didn't they didn't have any heating in the house. No heating. Uh, we get a little reenactment. The police are there yeah. to serve the eviction because the the landlord. This is in 1948, by yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah, the landlord's <laughs> kicking them out. Unsolved mysteries. They they inform us that the the, the police were kind of sympathetic to the, this family situation since they literally had nowhere to go, and so they mm-hmm. they they decided to you know to do the the best thing they could for them, <laughs> which was. Yeah, <laughs> tell them <laughs> to let the family live in jail. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now, it's funny. Like uh, the pr- perspective of uh, Raymond Anderson, who was one of the boys of the family. Uh, when you hear him talk about it, like he makes it sound like it's Disneyland. <laughs> it's like. Okay, but, like, if you're a little kid and you don't know why and you get to live in a jail, it'd be cool as hell. It would. Come on. Yeah. It would be cool as hell. Yeah. He, he wasn't aware of the, um, he wasn't aware of the, the, uh, maybe the, the extent of, like, the family's dire financial stuff. And, and then, with, like, when he's talking about, like, on a Christmas meal, there was, like, a big chocolate bar included. Mm-hmm. With their their meal, and he was just like, "Oh man, it's cr-. like, like he was like, yeah, it's Christmas, and um, that was probably, and that's what stuck out to me as a kid was like, I like in my mind because he kind of alluded to like they didn't really have Christmas at their household, so he was probably legitimately excited to get that candy bar. That was like, yeah, probably the best Christmas ever. <laughs> the family lives in jail. Um, uh-huh. The the kids apparently got to just run all over the place, uh, which I mean yeah. it makes sense. They're not prisoners, uh, though. It was weird that uh, um, the the authorities decided that the mother and the father couldn't see each other. <laughs> well, I mean, listen now, they already had six kids that they couldn't provide for. <laughs> Yeah. I think that was actually really sensible. I mean, it was like very like a uh, big brother state decision. Like these poors can't be trusted to be alone with each other. They'll just make more babies. But right. I have, I have to assume that's why. Well, yeah. I mean, that was almost certainly the, the, the rationale that I assume they had that combined with, cause it's like the father wasn't living in the jail with them or something. So I, 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 I think, no, he wasn't. yeah, I think also like part of it was like, well, you know, he needs to be out there looking for a job or working or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, if uh, that's, I mean, you know, we're, we're doing our part housing and feeding his, his, his family. He can, he can be spending this time out there working or whatnot, but yeah, it's um, just, I mean, we get several little reenactment scenes of this family living in a jail cell. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're washing their clothes, they're taking baths, they're playing games, they're cooking dinner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but then uh, a, a reporter comes by 
gets a hot tip and comes by and runs a story mm-hmm. about them in the local paper, which leads to social workers getting involved. And yes. uh, once again, the, uh, you know, living in jail is not ideal. I, I'll admit to that. And it's not a permanent solution. And what ends up happening is that I think the daughters first are taken by social workers and given to foster families. Yeah. Right. And then eventually they, they come for the, the brothers the boys afterwards. The sons. Yeah. 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 It, and, uh, you know, if, you know, it's just one of these classic stories where, you know, because of extreme poverty, I mean, we've had, I mean, maybe that's why it feels so familiar to me <laughs> because we've had so many of these lost love stories right. in unsolved mysteries, which is basically like the state broke our family up because we were poor. Right. And now we've been looking for each other. This has got to be the 10th time we've talked about this. The 10th. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, as soon as that, like, when I was watching this segment, as soon as that reporter swings by and is doing a story and it's like, oh, got the attention of the you know, social workers. I was like, oh, damn. I mean, as you said, yeah. living in the jail isn't necessarily ideal. But it's funny when when they were all together in the jail in my head, I had this thought, which was like, well, Jail is probably, like, the place where they're going to be the most safe from, like, the Georgia tans of the world. <laughs> right. And I'm I'm just, I'm, it's really interesting that, you know, I mean, we only know this because that's what ends up happening. It's really interesting the community's reaction to this with social workers get involved as opposed to, hey, it's Christmas time. How about we pull some money and get these guys back in their house. You know what I mean? It's just this idea that like, like poor people are too stupid or lazy to, you know, provide for themselves. Maybe they just needed a break. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, like it's it's just, it's it's whole things fucking gross. Right. I don't like it. Right. It's, it's like, yeah, you know, family can't afford to, 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 you know, if the family's having difficulty making it, the, apparently the solution back then was, well, we need to break up the family <laughs> into component parts and redistribute them. I mean, it's like, you know, some mutual aid would have gone really far in this situation and possibly kept this family together. Yeah. But this, this idea that first of all, like, you know, the state had to step in and be like, oh, you can live in jail. We're evicting you, but you, you can live in our jail. And then like, oh, but we're evicting you from jail and we're going to break your family up. Just for what? The crime of being poor. Okay. And so, you know, and then here we have we have all these middle-aged people that are looking desperately for their siblings because they, you know, and God knows what happened to them. Maybe they were fine when they were put into foster care. Maybe they weren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's just It's just sort of like infantilizing poor people like they can't make good decisions just because they're poor and instead of seeing it as the structural problem that it is. Anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox. I'm glad <laughs> that... Um, it, so, like, within hours of the broadcast, of course, we get an update, right? Everyone got back together. Yay! I, that, that was, <laughs> I, was, I was quite delighted when I got this update. And interestingly, like in the re- in the reunion that they filmed, there's like one woman who's wearing like Hawaiian muumu and a, a lay of like a lay <laughs> yes. of flowers and like a shell necklace. I'm like, did bitch fly in from Hawaii? Like, what is going on? And now I'm looking at the wiki and like none of these people were in Hawaii. <laughs> 
They were in Texas, Louisiana, and Las Vegas, and Indiana. Maybe one of them went on a trip to Hawaii, and then like, and she just like adopted that as her entire personality. <laughs> she like she loved Hawaii so much. She's like, I mean, we love we all love Hawaii, but it's not like you don't you don't just like run around Indiana in a floral muumuu and a lay and a shells. That was weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, are you saying that, that that she was maybe engaging in some cultural appropriation? I don't I'm not even I'm not even saying that. I just was like fully expecting her to have flown in from Hawaii. Right. And no one is from Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it and it would have made more sense if they they were flying into Hawaii and she was greeting them right. with the mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really inexplicable. Um I just want to commend unsolved mysteries for it, they have a little brief reenactment where like one of the girls, when she's now in like her late teens or early twenties, she's driving around and she finds one of the brothers and you know, they go run like they know they just know it's each other right away. And they go running up to each other. I want to commend them for finding a guy playing the, 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 the particular brother in the reenactment who the guy he's, he's, he's portraying mm-hmm. trying to find the, the, right non-insulting way to say. he looks a little unique uh, he's got like kind of a mm-hmm. unique facial structure and whatnot and they found a reenactor mm-hmm. uh who who has that same sort of eccentric look to him uh, where i was like oh mm-hmm. yeah i could buy that's him and you know his, his early 20s or something <laughs> it was uh i just i just want to commend unsolved mysteries on that uh yeah this was good good casting two thumbs up good casting that's my that's right. that's my opinion on this segment. Well, I'm just glad they all found each other in the end. That's good, yeah. I, I always like that, mm-hmm. you know. Well, we're going to end this on a real mm. fucking bummer. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty quick segment. There's not much to it. Um, base, basically what happens is a, as a woman named Paula Pasiak and her um, boyfriend at the time, Jerry, were um, on vacation and they are staying at Paula's mother. Her name is Barbara, her house in Kissimmee, Florida. And um, so, you know, while they were staying there, they lived in New Jersey. Um, Paul, you know, Paula's mother, Barbara, lives in Kissimmee. And, uh, well, you know, while they were staying there, um, Barbara gives up her bedroom to the couple. and She goes and sleeps on the couch. Um, uh, a couple of days later, the couple tells Barbara that they're going to be leaving the next morning to visit some of Jerry's relatives in Miami. Okay, fine. So nothing is weird there. So the next day, um, Barbara thinks she hears them leave to go to Miami. Um, she decides for whatever reason not to say goodbye before she leaves for work. Um, and then, you know, once she comes home from work, there's no sign that they're still there. Um, and this part gets pretty gruesome. Yeah. She notices over the next couple of days that there is a very bad smell in her mobile home. And you might be saying to yourself, well, you know, it's Florida. It's July. Mm-hmm. You know, I, things can get a little bit mm, humid, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I like um, I like in the reenactment, like there's uh, some friend of hers comes over to, to try to help her figure it out. 
And yeah, they're, they're, they're sniffing around the house. They can't pinpoint and he, what the smell is. He says something like, I, I, did, did you, are you sure it's not the trash or something? It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> how effing insulting is that? It's just. Yeah. Yeah. Like It's like, MF, or does this smell like trash to you? <laughs> right. Mm. Um. So, okay. So we're. You know, July 13th is when they were supposed to have left for Miami. And then finally on July 19th, which is about six days later, Barbara decides once again to try and find the source of this awful smell that she's been living with. Um, And eventually it leads to her bedroom. And she finds uh, her daughter's body wrapped in a bamboo curtain under her bed. Yeah. And she had been beaten and strangled to death. So obviously the boyfriend did it. Like, there's just, there's no getting around that. Um... (laughs) Hello. Of course it was him. Um, There was no one else that was in the house. Um, So he disappears. And basically that's what leads us to uh, we're looking for this dude. Right. And there's a a brief uh, reenactment where um, the boyfriend, Jerry's friend, John picks up this guy in New Newark, New Jersey at the airport. And that's a couple of days after Paula was believed to have been killed. Uh, and then John basically told the police that Jerry had confessed to accidentally breaking Paul's neck. <laughs> yeah. Because she caught him stealing Barbara's paycheck. So he's just a real stand-up kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Jerry was like, whoa, John, I was just joking. And then John's like, okay, I guess. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, the authorities contact John and they're like, no, he wasn't joking. Really? He killed her. Um Anyway, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so we're looking for this dude, right? Yeah. In the reenactment where Jerry's confessing, the mm-hmm. the guy who plays John, uh, mm-hmm. he kind of has a slight resemblance to Paul Rudd, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and so, and then when he, I, I love in the, the reenactment, like his reaction at, at first is like, whoa, 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 wait a second, man. If, if that's true, you 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 can't stay with me. And you know Jerry's like the mm-hmm. person playing Jerry's like, nah, I'm just kidding. And you know it hits it mm-hmm. hits him on the the you know upper arm. You know like oh, we're just joking around. And yeah, and and John's like, oh, okay. Uh, I and you know I was I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, I mean. How how many of us like if our friend was like confessing to a murder to us? How long would it take uh-huh. us to like believe our friend that they they were really you know confessing to something? And then and then if they then immediately was like, oh, I'm just joking. <laughs> like how how quickly would we believe that too? I guess it just depends on on a friend by yeah, friend basis. I don't right? know that I have any friends that would actually think that was joking. <laughs> okay. I would assume very quickly that they were telling me the truth. Oh God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can't think of a single friend I have that would like joke around in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So update. <laughs> dude dude gets captured because of course everyone watches Unsolved Mysteries and it was uh uh, he had fled to Canada. This guy, Jerry Ger- Gervasoni, had fled to Canada, and um, he was arrested in Salt Springs Island near Vancouver. He had been identified 
um, by his landlord, actually, Mm -hmm. who recognized him and called it in. And he was living under the assumed name Gordon Neal McIntyre, which, listen, I... Uh, feel like that's the perfect uh, fake name for living in Canada, personally. <laughs> Gordon McIntyre, yep, yep. Gordon or Doug, you're going to blend right in. No one's going to question that. Um, I just, that stood out to me. I'm like, he really nailed it on the fake name. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, he was, he was sent back to the United States. He was extradited to Florida after trying to stay in Canada as a refugee. Of what I don't know our legal system. No, um, I'm a refugee so, from having committed a murder. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, but he managed to sing after being after being um, busted. He was managed to stay in Canada for two years, so it was not immediate when he was sent back to Florida. Um, he was found guilty of second degree murder, sentenced to life in prison as a habitual offender. However, in 2000, his sentence was reduced to 17 years, and then he was paroled in 2003 after serving just six years. So I'm glad he got caught, but I'm not happy that he only served six years. Well, he died in 2013. So. Oh, well, that's good. Um, yeah, no, I just I, whenever I see anything like that, I keep thinking back to one of our early episodes where that guy mm-hmm. like ended up getting life imprisonment for stealing some sausage. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So. One of the things I wanted to mention about Paula Pasiak, though, the woman who, who was killed, is that the photo they kept showing in the segment of her, she's holding a sweet little baby pig. Yeah. Just just a sweetest little baby pig. And I just thought about how much I wanted to hold a baby pig. Oh. I've never had the opportunity to hold a little sweet little baby pig. <laughs> well, like a- after I, uh, when I get those billions, after I get our Anna uh-huh. Anderson movie made. Yeah, when's you bankroll that? Yeah. Uh, if there's anything left over, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see about giving you the opportunity to hold a little baby pig. A little baby pig? Yeah, but I feel like I'd probably just go to a petting zoo or something. All right. Uh, yeah, so that was that. Robbie, if people want to get in touch with us, what do they do? Which buttons do they press? Well, if you're interested in sending us money, go to Patreon. We have a Patreon set up. Uh, we have a $5 tier and a $1 tier. Um, mm-hmm. what, what happens at the $5 tier? Well, I actually, I, I have, uh, I now have some stuff assembled and it's ready to ship off. Um, mm-hmm. so that will be going to about 75% of our $5 Patreon pa- patrons. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, like we sent out a, a, a thing. We, we have the addresses for about 75% of them, but. Someone didn't. Someone still hasn't responded. So yours will just sort of be like lawyering in a limbo situation. Mm. Um, yeah, you should tell us where you live so we can send you weird shit. Yeah. Um, sometimes we put exclusive content on there too. Actually, just last uh, episode drop, we decided to move uh, one of the Patreon episodes onto our main feed so you can get a little taste of the weird stuff we're doing over there. So that's usually only accessible to people at the five dollar tier. And if you want, and the one dollar tier is just like, hey. Uh, I don't have much to give, but I want to give you guys a little tip. We, I like what you're doing. Keep doing it. It just makes us feel good. And it helps us pay our producer and pay the hosting fees. You know, all of this stuff costs money. So we really appreciate everyone who's done that. That's awesome. Yes. Um, 
Are we still on Facebook? Is that? Yeah. Um, I, I need to, okay. I need to post. I don't love that, but <laughs> <laughs> I need to, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can get, get around to posting some screen caps of the Disney Anastasia movie on it. Um, mm-hmm. as, a, as a taste of what's to come. Uh, then, mm-hmm. uh, we, we also, if you go to reenacted pod on Twitter, or send us an mm-hmm. email, reenactedpod at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, and thank you. Uh, I had a very nice and fun exchange with uh, Purple Worm, a.k.a. James from Australia, recently, who gave who gave me a good idea, actually, for an upcoming segment that we may or may not do. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, now, I believe, because for a while, we, we weren't able to mail stuff to Australia, but I believe that's been lifted. So, And I have James's address, so he'll he'll be getting his. Was that because of COVID? I, I, I believe so, yeah. Oh, were people mailing COVID to Australia? Yeah, it, that seemed a bit excessive to me. Like, I guess they're like. I guess, wow, they really locked it down, didn't they? Yeah, they they were not they were not they didn't want anything to be getting in. No, um, they said, "Don't send us your dirty, filthy American packages full of COVID." We don't want that here. <laughs> I, I I mean, how long can COVID survive in a box that's being transported across the Pacific? I don't, I don't think. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like I was breathing into anything I was mailing down there either. Like just like, yeah, just like trying to get as many COVID bucks into the package yeah. before I seal it up and mail it off. That's you're just you're just sending bags of your hot breath to Australia. <laughs> yep, yep, that's me. Finally, if you like what you heard then hey leave us leave us a five star uh review on itunes that really helps us a lot as far as visibility and getting new listeners it bumps us up in the rankings if you didn't like what you heard just now and you're still listening to it for some reason you can just keep that opinion to yourself it's fine you don't have to you know it's okay it's okay to not like things and just keep that to yourself it's fine hey robbie do you want to do the thing join me next week perhaps you may be able to help solve a mystery (laughs) 